Coming to you from New York City. This week and every week, it's the Ben Kissel Show. Bring us in Danny. Perfect. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Ben Kissel. As always, I'm staring at the very handsome Mike Coscarelli. Hello, Ben. How are you, Mike? I'm very well. How are you? Mike, We uh, today's guest, you're honored to see him. You're thrilled. I am honored. I was amazed when uh, I received the text that Mr. Danny Tamborelli. Was, did I introduce him? I, I'm you sorry. You did. No, you, that's Would fine. you rather do it? I want you to do it. Mr. Danny Tamborelli is our guest today. <laughs> that's right. Danny Tamborelli. Hello. For the- he is uh, currently in a fantastic sketch group called Man Boobs. He's also in an amazing band, a Weezer cover band called the Undone Sweaters. Danny Tamborelli, you might remember him from Mighty Ducks. Pete and Pete, my personal favorite show of all time. Before we began recording, we were discussing insanity. And I believe we all came to a consensus you got to be crazy to get into entertainment business, to get into the entertainment business. Do you agree, Danny? Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree. I'm a little nuts. That's okay. Got me somewhere. You got, got ex- Look at it. It got me to a level where I was doing really well in the late 90s. That's <laughs> right. At the age of like seven and a half or something. Yeah, I know. And now at 33. Oof. Mm. Right, you got you got child star crazy. That's a whole nother well, kind of different crazy. kind. You know, I mean, I didn't end up like uh, Corey Feldman, you know, Danny Bonaducci. Although I look similar to him, and I also play bass, which kind of fucks people up a little. Do you? Don, but Donnie, but Danny Bonaducci is fifty five years old, or former heroin addict. He's a uh, you know yeah, skin and went, bones. Yeah, that's 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 a true child star syndrome right there. That, yeah, that's the full thing. I you know I went to college and. Did recreational drugs? Right. Isn't that weird though? Because you know, Danny, you're gonna die at like 95 years old, and it's gonna be of like natural causes, and then it'll be like typical child star, out of control life, dies at 95 mm. of brain cancer. Jeez, isn't I think that, that's how Abe Vigoda went? That's that he was a child actor the whole time. Was Vigoda a child actor? No. Because Abe Vigoda, rest in peace. That was a sad death. I don't know why that one really got me. I, you know, um, it's not like you didn't see that one coming. Anyone who's got the, you know, the what is it, the death, the death game? Yeah, the death watch. Whatever death watch game. It's like he's been on there for so long. Like it's that poor person that's been like picking him every week. No, he's gonna go this week. Yeah, I mean, he probably got some money. I'm sure there's somebody in Las Vegas who made a bunch of money that did death, it. Death pool. That's it. That's right. The day Abe Vigoda died, it was somebody's birthday. They got a bunch of cash, and they probably <laughs> blew it the next day when they bet on Courtney Love to die. Unfortunately, she's still around. <laughs> Roll anyway. it all over. Yeah, roll it, put it all on Courtney. <laughs> I hear she's having a wild weekend. Why the hell not? That was a sad one, though. In 1982, that was the first fake obituary written for Abe Vigoda. So he's been he's been fake dead longer than most of us have been yeah. a real alive, I which mean, is pretty crazy. Not, that's the year I was born, so I, I think there's some correlation there. That's right. And you and Mike, actually, very similar. You guys were both born in New Jersey. You're yeah. New Jersey guys. Yeah, and that's it. But then Mike is in a lot better shape. <laughs> so what happened, Danny? Well, did you take it? Well, did you stop bringing Taylor Ham into your life? <laughs> I d- yeah, I don't really eat. Uh, we call it pork roll where I'm from, but same. Yeah, thing. oh, yeah. that's right. That's so weird. It's Edison's like, not that far away, but it's far nah. enough that you call it pork roll. It really is. It's like New Jersey. You have North Jersey, Central Jersey, South Jersey. They're almost like completely different states, almost. Well, I'm I'm much like uh, the Bob, that rapper who believes mm-hmm. that uh, the the world is flat. The Earth is flat. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I believe that there is no such thing as Central Jersey. Uh, I mean, that's a, yeah, you could say that also. I, I kind of sometimes, right. I, I, I used to think that also until I moved out of Jersey. Then people started telling me that Edison wasn't north. It was it was central. But I did well, see. Stop. But you're, yeah, you're actually mm. fucking me up right now that you call it pork roll and that Edison is, I wouldn't, I would consider Edison northern Jersey. You probably grew up about 25 minutes from where I grew up. Yeah, well, who knew the people of New Jersey were so diverse? Some people call it I mean, Taylor Ham, and some people call it a pork roll. He's pretty diverse. Well, he's a big guy, that's for sure. Jersey, how'd you get all the way to Los Angeles? What do you mean? Didn't you? Don't you? Who auditions in Jersey? When did you start doing these things? As a kid, your parents must have shipped you off to L.A. like like Garfield shipped Normal off to Abu Dhabi. Oh boy! <laughs> did they just want to get rid of you? It's good Garfield, right? No, it is yeah, a great Garfield's the best. Uh, no, I went. I auditioned here in New York. There's oh, plenty I see. Of shit to do here. Oh, that's right. I, my, I forget. Mom There's... used to drive me in and out of the city. I missed 
soccer and baseball practice sometimes. I'd never know what was going on in the games. But did you really? Ruin, ruin my sports career. That's another reason why I'm, I maybe look the way I do now. Yeah. I, I didn't get enough exercise. Well, as a kid, you are a very handsome man, and you and I, I have had my weight issues, and you always, I always look to the television, and I say, Danny Tamborelli is on there, and he is looking very similar to me, although I'm a taller version, and you gave me faith to live. I, I wasn't died. as fat as you as a kid, though. Oh, God damn. Would you, you don't have, you were, no, you were Hollywood, New York I was, fat. I you was weren't New, Wisconsin fat. I was Hollywood chubby. You were Wisconsin cheese curd fat. He was character actor fat. Yes, I understand that I'm not getting booked on roles because I have too many of them. Uh, roles, that well, is. See, here's the thing. Here's a, here's a little nugget for you. Yeah, please. I was too skinny to be in heavyweights. Really? I screen tested. I was like with all my buddies, with like Keenan and Sean Weiss. And yeah. I was too thin for heavyweights. Holly- so that puts where right. I, I was like too fat to be the skinny kid, but too skinny to be the fat kid. Right. And now I just decided to be the fat kid. That's perfect. So you're in this sort of weight purgatory that Hollywood pl- uh, yeah, places that you when you're in the waiting in. room. It's really unfair. It is unfair. You know? Particularly with craft service and all the delicious treats you get. It's like <laughs> right. they're just trying to get you to either become anorexic or bulimic. Mostly bulimic. Anorexic, you just look at it, you don't eat it. Right. Or you just eat it. Right. And then you eat it, and then you get bigger. And so- then you can be... In the movie Heavyweights. When you were told you were too skinny to be in the movie Heavyweights, you must have been beating yourself up for all the nights you didn't have that third slice of pizza or fourth slice of pizza or just the second pizza entirely. You could have gone crazy for six months. You know, I I felt that way, and then I also was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm not as fat as I thought. Yeah, it is kind of nice when Hollywood is just like, yeah, you know what, you're not fat enough for this role. Gain 50 pounds or, uh, you know, we'll, we'll... We'll call you. Yeah, those are my favorite things when character actors are able to do it. The very famous guy, Christian Bale, he lost, like, what, 80, 100 pounds when he played the machinist, uh, this character in the movie The Machinist. I mean, he looked gaunt and disgusting. You could see his spinal cord. I mean, it was just, uh, if you ordered his rack of ribs from a barbecue joint, you would have sent it back and slapped the (laughs) chef. I mean, there was no meat on the bones at all. But then he was in another movie with uh, with, uh, the very famous actress, the movie Joy she's in. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence, and I'm forgetting the name of the movie. Oh, American Hustle. American Hustle. He got to get all fat. Yeah. So how fun is that? When you got a movie role and you're just allowed to plow through food. Yeah, well, you know, it's like movie advances and stuff. Right. Give, give me an advance. What do you want me to do? You want me to be the, the skinny guy? How much weight do you think you could lose? You got $2 million on the line. $2 million on the line? How you got, much? You got I'm, six months to do it. I'm a cool 220, so if I could lose like 50 pounds... I feel like 180 would be all right for two million. Well, oh, that's bucks? actually 40 pounds. I can't do math. I went to public school in New Jersey. Yeah. It fucks everything up. Represent <laughs> that all yeah, between you and Mike. This place. This is this is the epicenter of intelligence. Five eight one seventy feels like a good weight. Right, right, right. I mean, that feels like a skinny weight to me. I don't think I was. I don't think I've been 170 since I was in high school. So you're five eight one. Uh, yeah, five eight two twenty now. Was uh, for me. I was uh, always an idol of Chris Farley. Did you idolize Chris Farley oh, by any yes, chance? Yes, very right? much so. Very he was the so. go-to funny guy, wasn't he? He was just a, yeah, and, it, and his weight had something to do with it. But it was just everything. It was it was him as yeah. a whirlwind. But yeah, as a a chubby kid who was on all that doing sketch comedy, and right. my big roles were always like. Jack Campbell fat cop and like let's break the wall down and I'm in a fat suit and I'm breaking shit and I'm eating stuff and using my body in like a physical way. Right. That was all, you know. It was all all, all Chevy yeah. Chase and all Chris Farley. All that was one of the greatest sketch comedy shows in the history of sketch comedy yeah, shows. Right. I loved it growing up. What was the writers room like for that? Did the adults write and just give the uh younger actors the script or were you guys actually involved in the process? Well, it all depends. It so the last season that the original cast it was they did six seasons and then they took a, a year off and they like rebooted the whole show. Yeah. But the last season, uh, I was in the writers' room with this guy Mark Saul, who was also okay. he was the f- five and six he was on. So we were able to go and actually write. So we have we got credit and. And how old were you when you got this unbelievable experience <laughs> that people fight hand over 17? foot for? Seventeen I was, years I was old. Seventeen. Yeah. Know, Seventeen in the writers' room, but Lori Beth was in the writer's room, 
I think from the beginning. And Lori Beth, she was a slightly heavy set woman. She did the news, mm-hmm. extremely funny and talented. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, she gave you vital information, which I took over when she left. Right, 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 right. So did you ever feel, because, you know, Chris Farley, it's interesting. Our good friend Henry Zabrowski, I do a podcast with him called Last Podcast on the Left. He's currently starring in an adult swim show, uh, Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. That'll be out very soon. You know Henry as well. Yeah. He auditioned for SNL, things like that. There is a shadow that Chris Farley put over the oversized, the overweight comedian, and it's not necessarily a good thing. There's a there's a drug cloud. There's an insanity cloud. There is, uh, as wonderful as Chris Farley was, for being able to impromptu, uh, impromptu come up with brilliant things. He was also, uh, it was a detriment to the degree that you never knew what he was going to do and occasionally he made the wrong choices and everything went haywire. Yeah. Do you feel like he sort of dampened or, heart, or hurt the oversized comedian? Interesting. Because everyone thinks everyone thinks that uh, you know you're a drug addict who drinks constantly, who has no self control, who's going to dump salad dressing on their head uh, at the first sign of a party being slightly boring, <laughs> which is what Farley used to do. He used right. to call himself the human salad and dump Caesar's right. dressing all over his head. I swear to God, well, can you imagine being in the cab ride home with him? How sad that is when he's like, but it was a funny joke as he's as he's picking out old Caesar dressing from his hair. I mean, he's not the first one, right? Like he he idolized someone that did very similar things, John Belushi, yeah, of course. I was say Belushi so too. you're on all that. SNL is the adult version of what you do. Everyone on SNL is doing cocaine, taking dumps out of windows, which is another thing that Chris Farley did. You got to read the Chris Farley show and read live from New York. With all that, you guys are kids. You got just snorting sugar, mostly. Yeah, pixie sticks. Um, yeah, you know those uh, those gum cigarettes that have oh, a little yeah. bit. You could you could push out your air and you get like a little bit of uh, sugary smoke cloud. Dude, I love those. Mm-hmm. That was mostly what we were doing. Right. So that, I mean, And playing basketball. Seems much healthier. Yeah. Yeah, much- it was, was definitely a little bit tamer. I also was in school, so I had to be tutored on the set. So that was Ooh. a good way of keeping kids at bay. It was almost like a nanny job. Did you ever, did you miss going to uh, the classroom in front of all the other kids? But let me just tell you this. If you did, as a person who had to go to a classroom full of other kids, they're mean. Kids are terribly mean. The idea of being isolated and tutored to me sounds wonderful because you don't get called, hey, freak, sit down in front because they know that I'm already sitting, but that's just how tall mm-hmm. I am. And mm-hmm. it's one of these very funny jokes. That's why I have to sit in the back. Yeah, did you, didn't did you, you learn that at a young age to sit in the back? Well, I was forced to after my head was too large, like, um, like, uh, yeah, like, um, oh my goodness, like Mike Myers' character from Who Married an Axe, or So I Married an Axe Murderer. Uh, his head was large in that, and his father well, used his to make head fun of him. looks like Sputnik. That's right. So I was crucified. My head was too large. I couldn't, can't see the chalkboard, you giant freak, so I would go sitting oh, back. Man. But of course, it did end up coming to my benefit because that's where the cool kids sit. <laughs> did you miss going to, did you, did you think that you missed going uh, to a classroom full of peers. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I I did. I went to public school my whole life. I grew up in New Jersey public school system. I went so to just during, elementary, yeah. middle school, high school, everything was public, and so they didn't know what to do with me. They, I, it was almost, <laughs> it was almost messed up because like they wouldn't be like, uh, here's the curriculum for the year, <laughs> and just give it over to the tutor, and she, right. would, you know, or he would go over and. We'd go through class and I'd go through all my subjects and we'd shoot from September to March mm-hmm. or April and I'd be done with school. <laughs> I'd come back and I'd just dick around. I'd get in trouble. I'd get suspended for not showing up for so class you, or being you, a class clown or doing dumb shit. Well, naturally, you're going to be the class clown. You're on a sketch comedy show that's nationally televised. You got to be if you're and not big, the class correct. and big. Yeah, I mean, not of just course. nationally televised. A lot of people. It was super it. famous. I mean, I I was voted class clown loudy, loudest and rowdiest my senior year, and I blame all that <laughs> for that. <laughs> well, well, we're doing something for the kids. I don't know if we're teaching, but doing yeah. something. Now that teacher, that must be good. You have your one-on-one teacher. You can kind of cheat a little bit. It wasn't cheating, but like, yeah, it wasn't like you didn't have the same pressure of being in front of your teacher they fill out some answers you know what for I mean? you like they would no nobody ever filled out answers for me they weren't like that they i i really actually the the on location education is who yeah. booked all of the tutors they're all all the people were usually very cool nice nice so uh from all this experience obviously you're extremely talented now you're in the undone sweaters which is an unbelievably fun band jim twos um reed failer 
and Andrew Short Correct. are the three other people in this band. If you haven't checked them out, please do. They have a fantastic web series. It's on the internet. Google it. You'll find it. I promise. Uh, when did you make did, a cameo? Right, you've been in there. I think I was like a, a giant stone rock creature or something who said something. That sounds means, right. Yeah, that's <laughs> my roles are all pathetic. That's why I'm doing so much on Fox News. I sit, and they still make fun of me for being huge constantly. Huge, huge, is huge, is huge. You got into music at a young age, or was it something that you found later on? No, I've been listening to music since I was in. In the womb, probably. And when did you figure out you could play the damn thing? Because, uh, you know, you play bass guitar. I cannot. I mean, I have no musical ability whatsoever. It's pathetic. It's sad. When did you find out you actually had the ability to do something like that? Well, I was on uh, Pete and Pete, actually. And it was in the last episode of the first season. It was, like, about finding, like, your song, like, hearing a song on the radio. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard to do now because you can just go online and find the song that you're looking for. But, like, back right. in the day when, like, you'd hear something on the radio and it would, like, fizzle out. And yeah. Like, oh, no, what was that? That was so awesome. And you try to remember it and you can't. That's what the whole episode's about. But in that, I had a band and I was playing guitar and I had to, like, get into it. And I was already trying to play bass. In fifth grade, they didn't offer it in my, uh, elementary school no i can play guitar i was like no i want to play bass i'm like well here's a violin (laughs) i was like well it has four strings but this is completely a different register and i hate it and i played it for like a year and was so bad at it i was yeah really really like awful at it like my 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 parents have video of like the final concert and i'm like my bow is the only one that's like not in time with everybody else. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like i'm just winging it like trying to figure it out like you're on a seven second time delay your parents gotta burn the videos get rid of the <laughs> videos of for christ's videos. sake um but on the during that shoot the uh art department guy the the prop master had an extra bass and he gave it to me and i was super st- like stoked dude so and that's fun. it and i just started yeah. playing and i have never stopped I've never stopped playing bass ever in my life. So since it's a, then. it's a good experience to be around artistic people at a young age, huh? Because yeah. so many of us, you know, it's like I went to Catholic, I went to very Christian school, then I went to Catholic school. All the adults were so numbingly boring and so ridiculously pompous and so unbelievably ignorant with their political thoughts and with their thoughts on religion and with the world. It was frustrating. It was infuriating to be a creative kid. There was nobody to go and speak to about, uh, you know, how funny I thought, you know, um, whatever farting underwater is. Whatever the <laughs> hell it might be when I, when I was a seven-year-old. I mean, who knows? Um it must have been nice to have people that you could go and actually speak to with your child creativity and they they reimbursed you with positive feedback. I am very lucky for that. I mean, uh, particularly on Pete and Pete, I, I had a whole crew of older brothers and sisters that were like, I don't know, I guess because I was like the kind of tough, cool little brother on the show. Yeah. I sort of grew up feeling that way myself and I guess that's how I acted around people. Like I used to shake PAs down for cigarettes and stuff and <laughs> like literally I was like a little badass kid like like drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes and making like interns and PAs like give me cigarettes or you know whatever. I'll say you touched me. Like, I will yeah, say your hands say get a little bit loose. I will say something. Um, <laughs> That's the thing you were you were a smart kid. I mean kids can hold that over adults' heads. Yeah, I would just say, say something you, you fell mm, down. Maybe I fall on top of you. I don't know. Some weird stuffs going on. But uh, they they used to just. Even before that, like when I was even seven, because I started P and Pete when I was seven. Oh my God! I didn't realize you were that. I young. was very young, and I would get mix tapes—not CDs, but mixtapes from, you know, the director or one of the producers or whatever—and have like Billy Bragg on it and the replacements and REM. And I was like walking around with like a My First Sony, like blasting REM Green. Like that was like my record. I loved it, and like. Much more advanced very, than I was. Very weird, yeah. But when I think I was, that's what that's what like I, I've felt like an adult for a very long time. I never really, yeah. I never really had like a weird adolescent like. I was just like a kid, and then I was like, oh, okay, now I'm in high school, and I feel like an adult, and I know more about music than most of these people do. Have you seen my childhood? <laughs> <laughs> You're Michael. 
No. Have you seen it? <laughs> no, when I was seven years old, I was literally, my mom delayed me from entering kindergarten. We liked to spend a lot of time together. I still love my mother, and I loved her a lot then. And, uh, I mean, I was still wondering what the wheels on the bus were up to. I couldn't finish, I couldn't, uh, you know, firmly understand what they were doing, spinning around or whatever. So you were much more advanced I mean, I to go on audition I still for the had, I still had baby beluga, I'm sure. Well, yeah. I mean, Raffi was still relevant to me. I don't remember Even Raffy. at seven or eight years old listening to R.E.M. It was still like, oh. Yeah. You don't remember Raffi? I don't remember me? Raffi. Dynamic performer. Oh, my What was God. Raffi? I'm, I grew Baby up Beluga. Baby that was Beluga a- in the deep blue sea. I think my- so wild and he swims so free. Huh. <laughs> At what point do uh, a bunch? What time? What, at what point does a Japanese fishing boat come and stab the thing? <laughs> That's what I want to know. When does Baby Beluga become oil in somebody's <laughs> candle for you're, somebody's lamp? Well, you're older than we. What, what year were you born? I'm born in '82. I'm in '81. You're the youngest oh, by right. far. Because I, I had no, Pete, I had Raffi when I was a kid. That's why I was saying right. maybe you. Our childhood is off by a couple years. But no, no. I, guys. I literally mimicked my life was with Danny's character, Pete. And I was right. the youngest of, of two. I um, mean, the youngest of three. Um, I have two older brothers and I had red hair. I mean, the whole thing was very, I, I yeah. mean, I have a very strong uh, connection to that show and I was very similar to the the character that apparently you were also in real life to sort of, you know, shake them down for cigarettes. So co- I, I was looking for like, you know, Oreos and yeah. things like that. <laughs> Snickers bars. Yeah. I, just well, looked- I was into that too gotta be trust that well you should have been a little bit more into it than you could have starred in the movie heavyweights <laughs> come on man think about you. think about the residuals for that man. Oh. i'll never my brother was an anorexic almost as good as the mighty ducks oh mighty ducks is such a great <laughs> the flying I, I actually played hockey for like a three days and i found out the flying v wasn't a real thing and i no. said this is not for me i don't and i'm yeah, not going to be the goalie and everyone's we like be the goalie it. and i'm like just because i'm fat and obese i can't move but i understand my mass might stop a puck it was pathetic. But uh, my older brother was anorexic, and uh, for, I believe, his 15th or 16th birthday, I bought him the movie Heavyweights as a joke. So that was kind of funny. <laughs> well, more mean-spirited now that I say it out loud for the first time. <laughs> really? But I'm telling you, I was a younger Pete. Mm-hmm. I'm a young young Pete, that's for sure. I mean, I wasn't mean. I was tough, but I wasn't mean. Okay, maybe it was I, a, it little was a little mean. I could have been a little mean. You were a little I bit did. mean. I did. I called people grunge bag and jerkweed and... <laughs> fungus lick and all sorts of great things absolutely i like the idea of a pa going home i mean you know from the set of pete and pete just being like honey i had the worst goddamn day this little this 12 year old kid shook me down for cigarettes again this tamborelli <laughs> this tamborelli kid is driving well, me absolutely crazy what did i tell you john i told you you should have stopped smoking so maybe that's a sign if you're giving <laughs> cigarettes to a 12 year old kid we have a problem I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> you must have been able to get booze at a very young age. I started drinking at the age of twelve, but I had to go the wrong. I had to go the long way around it, breaking into you know liquor stores. Oh, we didn't break into liquor stores. No, you didn't I have bro- to. I broke into my parents' liquor cabinet around that age. I didn't. A little bit at rap parties, I would I would be able to get. Yeah, know, I'd always ask for uh, a Roman Coke. Right, and they must have or a Jack and Coke, anything that looked like you know. Coke. Coke. <laughs> yeah, I was smart the... enough to know that. Right, right, right. I didn't right. have my taste for beer the way I have it now. Oh, and my that's God. That's why I just screw everything up. Don't even get me started on all that. Mm. Mm, I love it. So you were able to avoid the, the, the pitfalls of becoming a raging alcoholic before the age of 13. Yeah, yeah. Good I work. mean, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't an alcoholic at 13. I was an alcoholic at 12, so it doesn't, uh, I would have been, it would have been crazy. It would have been all done. What do you think about those Saved by the Bell kits? They're okay. All right. <laughs> I'm starting feuds from 1991. <laughs> no, no, no beef with them. No beef? No beef. No beef with Screech? Uh, you know, no, not really any beef with Screech. I did, I did like some 90s event like at Don Hills like seven years ago in New York or six years ago in New York. And yeah. He and I were the, hey, look at the 90s kids freaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it- he, was, he was nice enough, but I, I like... <laughs> This is one of the only times I've ever been like a prima donna in any way. Yeah. I was like, my manager is whatever. She dealt with it. She was like, do you sure you want to do it? I was like, well, they're paying enough money. It's fine. I will not be 
taking a picture with him. I was like, there will be no, <laughs> there will be no group photo with Screech because uh, right. I don't want that out there. You know, I think he's really <laughs> Screech is really the only stain on the early '90s uh, young adult television sitcoms. He's the only one who really hasn't been successful. I mean, in the way that he's going to jail for stabbing somebody who said something sure. wrong to his girlfriend yep. in Wisconsin. Is he really near going my to jail? Is well, that true? Yeah, looks like it. Oh. He stabbed a person. Yeah. I think you go to, that's one of the things you go to jail for. I mean, Screech is not enough of a, of a, he doesn't have enough juice to get off. He's not like OJ. Where it's no, like, no. You know? He actually. Did moved. OJ get off though? I mean, he did. He did. Originally. Get off. For the first one. He did get off. For the original stabbing, AKA kind right. of beheading. And well, for I the can't record, wait I, to watch, I can't wait to watch it. The uh, OJ Simpson story. Oh man, there's so much talent in that. <laughs> I cannot. Oh Wait. my God, uh, Schwimmer! David Schwimmer is. Cuba Gooding Jr. is O.J. Simpson. I am watching that. How far has he come from the Tuskegee uh, Showman or whatever, the, whatever the hell the name of that movie was? Oh, that's phenomenal. But yeah, I mean that's interesting because you are wrapped up in this era of '90s nostalgia. That yes. certainly is happening right now. So it's kind of like this whole. I mean, I'm sure you get sick of talking about this stuff, by the way. So I do want to say thank you so much. I don't care. I don't. Good. I, I thank never God. give a shit about Good. that. Who cares? Please don't talk. Talk about whatever. But, but now if, it's, if it annoys me, I'll fucking tell you what's what. You know. You are a bassist, after you all. You know what I mean? I'll shake you down for cigarettes. I got some other stuff you can smoke. <laughs> don't even worry about it. But I'm not giving it away. But I will share it with you after the show. There's no doubt about that. It's kind of yeah. fun to have. So you feel like there's a, can, do you feel the 90s retro thing coming in right now? Yes, it's a very big deal right now. People are are gaga over it for whatever reason. Like we did a all that reunion thing at Comic-Con this year. Okay. The place only held a thousand people, and they had to turn away three thousand people. Wow, Jesus! Because <laughs> they under—they just underestimated that people were were like so into it. Right. Well, I mean that's the thing because now people uh, in their early thirties, which is what I am and what Danny is, well, I think you're doing better than I am. Technically, I'm supposed to have money. So that's where the nostalgia comes in. So oh, people I don't are just have like, any money. Okay, good, good. No, no, we're definitely on the same oh, wavelength. Man. That makes me feel wonderful. I thought you're paying me for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can yeah. punch. It's in the mail. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's a whole, cool. I got to. All right. I can paid, I just get your email address at? It's at uh, gotyoupaid.com. Got it. It's, yeah. Got ben it. ben mm-hmm. has your money at gotyoupaid.com. <laughs> okay. Guaranteed to go through. You can also Venmo me if you like. No, no, no. Oh, I don't do oh, apps. Okay. No, no, no. No need for those. We'll text. We'll text about it. Yeah. Uh, that's I don't have it. your phone number. No, no, no. You don't need it. You don't need that. Just we'll we'll meet up at a bar later. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about. You had it. me at bar. Good. I can't wait to have a drink. <laughs> That'll be very fun. Right after this, we're definitely going to go do it. Yeah. Um, so that must have been kind of uh, awesome to see all the work that you did in the past rewarded in the future, and people still it resonates with them. And now, like I was saying, those are people who have a little bit of extra cash, and they're investing it in what they loved as a child. Uh, you know what they loved Which when they is were younger. Free views on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, <laughs> whatever. Where's the money well, coming from? Paying for the ticket buying? to Comic Con. I don't fucking care. They didn't pay you? No, they did, but it wasn't from Comic-Con. It was from Nickelodeon itself. Danny, just get some money from Nickelodeon, for Christ's sake. I try, man. Did you ever go to one of those Nickelodeon events? I always wanted to cover it in, I wanted to be covered in the green uh, ooze. Yeah, I've done plenty of them. The Nicolodeon, what are they called? Nick Nicolo- takes over your school I did a few times. They Nick had- takes over your school. These were so cool. Oh, my God. So saw we- the Spin Doctors, saw uh, uh, LFO. R.I.P. Oh, yeah, one that, of the, guy's one of the, that guy's dead. Yeah, and uh, uh. so for the <laughs> oh yeah, that guy, that guy from Melvo's dead. R.I.P. Big Ugh. fucking shame. It's gonna happen to all of us. No one's gonna remember any of us. We're already all dead and walking corpses, anyways. I don't. He's fine. The guy is fine. Uh, for those that don't recall, Nick Whoop, takes over C-Lo your S. Whoop, C Lo S. That they had. Uh, that was it. Was in Florida, and I, they did it mm. both ways. They did uh, the English version and the Spanish version, which was. Whoop, CeeLo S. Because I think CeeLo S is, there it is, I hope. <laughs> LFO was one of the best bands that's ever existed. Oh, that was tag team, actually. Oh, that was tag team back no, again. No, LFO is the, uh, uh, um, I like girls, girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. Ugh. Did you yeah. have a childhood, Ben? No, I, I mean, like honestly. You didn't. I really feel like you were the fucking bubble boy. Like, No, I was not a bubble boy. I was not a bubble boy. No, don't even get me started like on what my childhood. No, I knew LFO. I just mm-hmm. forgot. I mean, yeah. uh, where did you, were you thinking like it was all for one or 
Uh, what was the other? I swear. That was uh, that was them. Man. You can keep and keep the you song. You know, going. I have I have a rock band that plays original music too, as well as the Undone. What's Sweat. the name it's of that? Jounce. Jounce. Okay, and where where can people find Jounce? Jounce.org. Dot dot org. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, because we've had the, we've had the you website were, we've had the website that. since two thousand. Yeah. And, dot org. Uh, so we like, had Jounce.com like was taken, and we we're like Jounce.net. Mm. Jounce.org sounds cool. That org does sort of give it like a. Uh, it gives it a nonprofit feel. Yeah, exactly. Which is what again, I'm thinking like a Bill Gates type thing, mm. but then of course he's like saving the world and stopping malaria yeah, yeah. and well, trying to cure cancer. Well, we save the world through our music. You know, mm. we make people drink more at the bar because they're getting into it. That's we a, play rock and roll music. You save the world one fun night at a time. That's right. I agree mm-hmm. with that wholeheartedly. There was a person at the bar that was going to kill himself that night, but guess what? He, he waited heard, until the next night. He heard he heard Jounce's cover of uh, Ram Jam's Black Betty. Oh boy! <laughs> mm-hmm. He got on the floor. He was dancing with some chick. He's now gonna have a kid, mm-hmm. uh, and then he's gonna kill himself. That's right. And of course, that guy was in the band LFO, which is kind of exciting. <laughs> You're saving people's lives constantly. Uh, for those that don't remember, Nick takes over your school was one of the coolest things of all time. And now that I think about it, post Columbine. I don't think these events occur anymore for people in high school or middle school. Everything's on lockdown. Everything's a police state. They have yeah. sec- security guards would have shot the entire cast of all that uh, if they came through the uh, halls Goodness. of an elementary school nowadays. That must have been a hell of a crazy experience being a rock star for your peers. It was really fun. Yeah, it was an interesting you get, time. Did you get girls throwing their um, their uh, trapper their keepers? Trapper at keepers. You? Ah, I knew you were going to say that. That's so weird. I'm not I very always... creative. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, then that, I, I didn't. What are you saying? I'm not creative because we both had that same thought. No, I'm s- messed up. Oh my god, get up, over! No, what I'm saying, you're a rock star. <laughs> Girls are throwing trapper keepers at you, yeah. and uh, you know, I don't rulers, know, rulers, and everything else that people used to slap actually slap bracelets mostly. Slap that was a brace- big thing. Yeah, but I mean, you're young, so you can't really take them up on the offer, right? Or I mean, I suppose it wasn't even necessarily people weren't as sexualized at a younger age back then. It wasn't. No, no, it wasn't like that. Much more innocent. It was a, little, a lot more innocent. Yeah, I get, my my first makeout was uh, eighth grade. That's pretty standard, you know. Hot chick, like thirteen, four. Yeah, Erica Sanez. I'll never forget her. That's great, <laughs> and she'll never forget you either. That's not true. She probably has. Yeah, I can see her. Um, uh, you know, kind of picking at her tongue like Ace Ventura did after they all found out that the de- the main detective was a man. That's exactly how it went down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had my first kiss. It was uh, in front of a whole group of people. They all circled us as if we were about to duel. But instead of dueling, instead of shooting each other, we did something much worse, and we banged each other's teeth. Um, and then it was a it was bizarre. She had braces, and there was a bizarre breath odor. I don't know if it was my breath or her breath. Either way, she's a very successful person and doing a lot better than I am doing. There's no doubt about it. But first kisses, those are tough. Yeah, I had to stand on a rock because she was taller than I was. That's the... Uh... That was the baller move. <laughs> That's because you're a superstar. If you're a young kid and you're shorter and you're getting with a taller girl, I mean, this means you're you're a megastar. Yeah, I know. I thought we were going to get married because of that. Well, thank God you didn't. True. Yeah. You ever been married? No. No, nor have I. Mike, we know you haven't either. <laughs> Never want to do it. It's true. No. Never want to do it whatsoever. Yeah. Would you, put, if you did get married, you got a kid, or let's just say you have a kid, you want, you want them to act if they want to? If they want to. To. Who Why was not? Like I, so I, I wasn't necessarily pushed, right? Like oh, I, was, I sense a little resentment. Though. No, not at all. Zero resentment. Zero at all. resentment. No, 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 no. Everything was cool, man. My parents were super cool about it. I was just constantly reciting commercials and fucking yeah, dudes being like, oh, no, no, I can you know hefty, 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 wimpy, wimpy, wimpy like whatever, right. just stupid shit. <laughs> and some lady in a. a in a grocery store asked if I was on TV. She was like, I saw it in a commercial. Is that you in that commercial? And I was like, no, but I could do it. Like, you know, little tough guy. Right. And I met a manager. My mom had met a manager while I was like three or something. Right. She just called her up like four years, three years, two years later. Yeah, so then you're like, my kid's a little bit hyperactive. He likes to he recite, to recite go, commercials. I Why went on an audition, I booked it, and they're like, whoa. <laughs> you booked your first audition ever? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're such a schmuck. Yeah, I can't well, believe look, it. I can, I, and I can't get one now. Nah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know. Is that a concern? Do you ever think, oh, I peaked, I, I can't do anything? Do people see you as a child no. star? I feel like those- I mean, I that happens those, a little. Yeah. It definitely happens a little, but I'm not, I like, I'm 
stopped on my own. Right. I was going, it was, all that ended. I came back home from L.A., back to Jersey, senior year. Everybody's applying to colleges. Right. I want to be a normal kid, too. I, was just, I basically was just like, I'm done doing this for a little while. I want to, like, be normal and, like, have a real education. Right. Education. I just wanted to go to college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is no education. The education part was like that was the, that was the the grace, you know. Yeah, you just wanted to go through a year where you were nicknamed Keg, and uh, <laughs> simply because you you're the one who always killed the Keg, yeah. and, uh, and that's it. <laughs> that was yeah, that's yeah. a hell of a nickname, by the way. Yeah. If there is anyone nicknamed Keg, salutes, my friend. <laughs> I salute you. You're a champion. It's yeah. perfect. I Did, just wanted to do that shit, just be normal. And yeah. I got real jaded in college and didn't like it when people, there's some people that think that I was an, an asshole in college because they would like bring it up and I'd sort of like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, whatever. you're trying to move on. True. But yeah. it was just after being on TV. Right. So it was like, actually the extra kicker is when I came back, my dad was like, you got to get a real job. So I worked at a bagel store. Right. So then people are walking in and you're like, how I'm far like, have you fallen, my oh, friend? Oh, man. Like, yeah. I mean, I no one said that to my face, but like sometimes they'd be like, they'd be like, what are you doing here? Why the hell are you working at a bagel store? And right. I would I always be like, well, it's like a family friend thing. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, was yeah. like, I'm just helping out. Well, just it's, helping out. It's like I'm home every weekend that I was home from college. I would go home and I would work at that bagel store. Yeah. Because I'd make loot and go back up and, you know. I mean, be, be a kid that had money. Got some it's money interesting. In college. Yeah, because people are just like, but I'll see you on the TV. How can you be out of the TV? I just mm, don't understand. Yeah, yeah, blew people's but, minds. It'd be like, uh, yeah, I want uh, pepper and ketchup on that bacon, egg, and cheese. Uh, and do me a favor. Uh, could you sign the bag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like sign these bagel bags. Like I'm sure there's like Goldberg's bagel bags with my <laughs> fucking stupid signature on it. Like, it's amazing. But was that experience, despite the fact that people, whatever the hell they're thinking about what Hollywood is or what the entertainment business is or how you want to live your life, was that something that you really uh, that you felt was very important in your developmental process when it comes to just like getting back to the real being world? A normal human being? Yeah. Sure, of course. Because what happens to those people who just stay there and they, they bang they their heads against do it? Them? Well, I mean, hey, like look at Nick Cannon. He stayed right. he stayed with it and he is extremely successful. Keenan stayed with it, extremely successful. Like you just if, yeah. you, if you're there to work and you realize that you want to work in this business, you can do that. And if you especially if you didn't get a college degree and you just like working as a kid and then you get into it and you're like okay well i can do this now and like i don't need to go to college i can just do it right and that's fine but those are also kids that you know i for better or for worse had a really great friend support system my whole life like i moved to the town i pretty i, I moved from maywood to wyckoff new jersey in fifth grade and i was like the new kid i wasn't a kid who was on tv right i was like the new kid and i would get you know mildly bullied you know like a little and i just i won them over by being like hey you guys all want to be on my tv show <laughs> and i took a field trip to the set and they were all like extras in it and i was like okay now we're everybody's friends now we're cool yeah that's the trump card that I was, was the I, coolest thing you could I possibly do don't for call a kid. the trump card what oh not the donald Ew, trump. we don't have donald no, trump no. doesn't own the okay. trump card trump okay. card is bigger good. than donald good. thank you good lord <laughs> no donald trump has he is an i've been uh, defending that guy on television for eight months i'm losing friends over here for saying he's you're, winning lo you're losing friends and i just kept them and i right I, I was able to you know i think i think if i didn't if i was tutored and i went to like professional children's school or something like that maybe i would have been doing different things but i feel yeah. like i developed you know, legit social skills. <laughs> you know, I'm mean, like you, able to be, you know, and and not that's not just that's definitely like such a generalization. There are tons of child actors mm -hmm. that are doing just fine that do yeah their own thing, and they decide to work in in the entertainment a little bit, and they decide to not like whatever they everyone's doing their thing. But there are yeah. there are screeches of the world. There are, and there and you know, I'm glad that I'm not one of those people because I just don't. I feel like those are people that maybe needed an extra friend to like be like, hey, dude, you want to, uh, what do you like to do? You like fencing? I love fencing. Hey, let's go fence. You know? Fencing? Hey, why not? Why not? That's I think Screech point. would be a good fencer. Well, I would love to see him get poked multiple times, <laughs> but never actually stabbed. Yeah. You know, just watch him get poked thousands of times, but never breaking the skin. How aggravating would that be? 
Aggravating. All right, very good. We got that. Solve that one. By the way, official. I want to. I want to say I am not endorsing Donald Trump for president. Okay, just want to make that clear. That's thank good. thank you very Me much. Neither. No one, nobody that we know is currently endorsing Donald Trump for president. Maybe That's- Dom Deers. There is a book on the table called Nothing to Fear by a man named Don Deers, which we believe is a fake name. It's all about how fossil hey, fuels- these Don Deers over here, these Don Deers, they're going to believe anything that uh, Sitko says. So we're going to make this book over here, and uh, we're going to make all this stuff up, and people are going to believe it. And we're going to put it on real radio shows that right. go on here that people were talking about last week. Oh, they're going to try. The name of the book is <laughs> Nothing to Fear, A Bright Future for Fossil Fuels, <laughs> <laughs> written by- <laughs> Written by Don Deere. So that's what happens. Anyway, we'll hide the book. Well, this, and I, this is not my book, by the way. Yeah, right. And no, for the listener, not. very thin book. It's a very, very thin, thin book. Not a lot of content. <laughs> it's in the letter The letter font is, what do you think? That's like 25? Yeah. 25 and letter pictures. size? Yeah, and a lot of pictures. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So you were able to, uh, you were, you had, you had roots. You had roots in real world society. You, you weren't just a Hollywood kid. No, far far from it. Which is I a, was always hanging out with the crew and less the actors. Right, right, right. For whatever reason that is. I mean, I have lots of friends who are actors as well. Do you have? Like, an, I mean, like when you know, a lot of people go to L.A. Kid wise, they stay at like the Oakwood Apartments. Or okay, like, it was like a breeding ground of like, I my son is going to be this, and my son's going to do that. Ugh. Oh. What has your son done lately? Oh, and it was just like a, a shit storm of like catty bullshit. What are your thoughts on showbiz parents? It seems like your parents did a great job of avoiding being labeled that yeah. and not acting like it. Well, my my parents went to such a degree that I booked the role of the kid from Free Willy and upon the original script, my mom thought it would fuck my brain up a little bit. She was like, it's a little too dark. Like, you shouldn't, well, I'm not going to do this. Really? So you were supposed to be in the movie Free Willy? Yeah, you're welcome, Jason James Richter. Wow, Jason, <laughs> and look at Jason James Richter now. He's hanging out with Screech. <laughs> Probably in a similar jail cell in Wisconsin. Yeah, there was that. There was uh, Jacob's Ladder I was up for. My mom was like, no, you're not doing that. So they like to keep it light. So they kept it light. Yeah, they didn't yeah. want to mess me up. The, my mom right. used to say she just didn't want me to be mentioning her on the psychiatrist's couch for ruining my life. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's so funny. Yeah, you in the movie Free Willy would have entirely, that would have completely changed it. It would have completely changed it. And then I would have done Clifford the Big Red Dog. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to be cast <laughs> as the dog. Uh, Perfect. I would love every second of it. Mm. Yeah. So you definitely saw some people go down the wrong roads when with these young kids with these showbiz parents, and then I'm sure they're yeah, all. You see people that are like pushing their kids and stuff, and I'm not gonna name names. Just Amanda, name Amanda, one name. Amanda oh, Bynes' one. parents. Oh, Amanda nice. Bynes' parents, and they were terrible no, to that poor they were, girl. They were. Her, her her mom was very nice. I think her dad was very pushy though, and I think that I think there's. You know, which makes sense. I mean, that would make. I'm not sense. trying to be mean to them because they deal with their own thing, and you know, it's, it's, I feel bad about what happens, you know, what in the media to Amanda and shit. Because she's, you know, when she's messed up, she's messed up, and people also forget right. that she like stopped acting originally because you know they were like, I wish I could be pie bowler or like whatever, and yeah. like left for a little bit and then got crazy, and everybody seems to forget the like how it started because it, it's not a, it's not helpful for them. Um, in what way, as far as as what 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 started? As far as the train wreck of her, right? You know, as far as her being like, you know, doing crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was oh, around. Oh God, New York she's City smoking for- weed. Oh God, oh she's doing crazy stuff. Like you're gonna, you're and gonna then, make it worse. And then the way the media covered it. I remember uh, Amanda was here in New York City for a I believe a year or summer or something. My uh, and my friend. Um, Carmen, she was at a nail salon. Amanda Bynes walked in. She spent four hours in the bathroom doing God knows what and came out, and she was all hopped up on something. But, of course, the media started to cover it, and she's just a young girl at the end of the day who gave us entertainment. She's not supposed to be held to such a high standard of royalty, and uh, they were giving her this very bizarre... I don't know if it was a uh, in an endorsement of her activity, but she was getting a lot of press because of it. Yeah, so because it was selling up. papers and right. selling all sorts of stuff. It was great, great for everyone to cover it because everyone's the same way that everybody loves cover Trump right now because it's great for them. Everybody's buying fucking papers and they're right. enjoying 
enjoying the show. The show. And right. it's like, well, this real life. There's a difference between real life and the show. But now you have a very unique perspective of knowing these people in real life and seeing them. What do you think about the media machine when it comes to entertainment? Is it positive or negative? Does it drive people insane? It can if you're not strong enough to handle it. How I do mean, you? That's how like you deal. I mean, I feel like I could. You know, it was easy enough for me to walk away from everything to just be like, I just want to be normal and like do normal shit. If that, you know, I don't think y'all ain't got nothing on me, advertisers. Right. And, and TMZ. TM, I did something for TMZ once and they, they said that I was a good guy. So I'm in their good graces. That's good. So, you know, people want to watch it and get into it. That's fine. P- actors know what they're in for. Yeah. Like it's part of the game. You think it's fair? You play it. No, I don't think it's necessarily fair, but it's part of the game. Right. So you get into acting. You just want to entertain people. You like to do comedy. You have a point of view. You're very creative. You're very talented. But let's just say you're an introvert. And then you got, because you can be an introverted actor. You can be an introverted performer. Of course. You can be someone who's an actor who doesn't write, who doesn't have the creative outlet. All they know how to do is express what someone else has written for them in their own way, which people enjoy. And people, you know what I mean? But like, there's. But then you get confronted by this huge industry, this huge. Like there's not that many Ron industry. Howards around. You know what I mean? Like right. Not many people can pull that off. Yeah. But he's a really creative person, and he was a child actor, and he did, you know, tons you of know, stuff, and 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 just worked his way up. I, I, I mean, right. I have no idea. I'll look check his wiki later. But, like, did he go to college? Probably not. Well, it's interesting. I watched him on Sports Nation, of all places. He was uh, pitching his new movie, and I'm forgetting the name of it now, but he was discussing how he went through a similar phase that you went through in college when everyone, I believe his name was Opie. Yeah. Uh, in the show, and people kept on bringing it up, and he would get livid and be very upset, and now he's very comfortable with his past. He embraces his sure. past. Uh, well, he's his a past multimillionaire and- director who does right. his thing. It's easy, it's easy to... to- reconcile when things are all gravy i think how do you what advice would you give to somebody and not just with acting with whatever it might be um in a very dark place maybe somebody was a former drug addict they come back and people are still they still see them in this way or whatever maybe a former athlete who is then injured and goes back into uh, you know more regular society and is just a uh, normal person don't want people bringing up your past what what mental steps did you go through to get over the anger of people, um, you know, bringing up things in the past, whether they were trying to taunt you or not? Obviously, that was the way you were taking it. Right. Well, if it's taunting, it's different. I mean, I learned. I, but I would assume even if, if you were in college, when you first went to college and you were hypersensitive about just wanting to move on and someone's just like, love doing Pete and Pete, that's not necessarily a taunt. But I would assume you're just like, shut up. I would never. I would never say shut up to them. I'd just be like, "All right, thanks, man." And I would just like, right. I, I would. I would be considered someone who is curt, perhaps, because right. I would just be like, "Okay," and then I was out. I didn't but it wasn't. It. Yeah, it wasn't an into your heart. It wasn't like this is a conversation <clears throat> no, start, but, starter. But, meet Danny. Cor- correct. That yeah. was like the wrong way to talk to me. If right. Like that's what you wanted to do. Um, but now, it was just a different time. You know, you're eighteen, nineteen year old punk kid like being in you know trying to do your thing and like not bring that up is like a, you know i wasn't <laughs> i was dan okay you didn't call me danny my right. name is dan and like so i literally like changed i didn't change my name but i told people what i would you know did you die everyone was danny tamborelli danny tamborelli this danny tamborelli that because i go into college and i'm dan right and that's, right. you know, so then it was it just it just time goes past and it becomes easier and then you you have hindsight you just and you grow can look up. right. You just grow up. You know, it's like wow, how is that a bad thing for someone to say to you? Hey man, I you know, yeah, work really meant something to me as a when I was a kid or hey, I really like right. that show. Like wow, how to ever take that negative it, to put a negative spin on that is like it's adolescent and that's what I mean yeah. So maybe that's where my adolescence lies. When I was like 18 and 19 and being a jaded kid, being like, fuck you, I don't care about you, beat, beat, blah, blah, blah. Right. But, you know, now you see how important it was to people. And, like, it took me a little while to understand that, like, people truly related to that show in ways that I, you know, didn't know affected me in that same way until I was able to listen to other people. Right. You know, right. to be like, oh, man, like, Pete Pete changed my life. Like, I... I you know, I was growing up. I don't know where Danny stopped being Danny and started being Pete and vice versa because that was a very developmental age in my mm-hmm. stage of my life, you know. So 
It's kind of hard to figure that out, which is yeah, another thing we naturally... feel weird about. Like, so I was the tough kid, right? I was like that, you know, the badass little Pete kid. Right. And then when I went to all that, I was the butt of all the jokes. I was not the I was not the cool kid at all. Like I was constantly getting like you were the fat you know, guy who falls down, right? I was ex- yeah. exactly exactly, and it was a I think. It was weird for me because I was like, oh, like I was always taken as like the 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 cool kid. And now I'm like getting shit right. on all the time, and like the producers would come up and be like, that's fine. Like people relate to that. Like the Did kids, actually- the kids yeah. would, you know, like I I make yeah. They said stuff to me like, I'm this is happening for a reason. Like they're all rooting for you. Like this is a good thing. Like right. and, and in a weird fucked up way, like you're right. Yes, <laughs> totally big, right. Totally I was one right. of the kids who was rooting for you. Yeah. Right. But now as an adult, like hearing how many times that, that people have said that Pete and Pete has affected them in a way yeah. that it's, you know, I think it just, it's, it's, it's just the work. Yeah. And how difficult for a seven year old to have to be like, this is acting and this is really me. You have no idea who you really are. Right. You have and, no yeah. idea. You have no idea. It's very interesting and extremely easy to get lost. And so that's why it's such a testament to how great your parents were and how smart you are um, to not get lost in that world of insanity. And you actually have a true identity and a whole life and uh, a, w- a bunch of wonderful things going on. And I live paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> well, that's good. All of us will we'll reconvene five years from now. After We'll make each other blood brothers today after the show. We'll poke our fingers and uh, probably Showbiz. die of... Show some bids. disease or something but we'll we'll all be doing very very well very very soon um danny thank you so much for being here my pleasure it was Kissel. super fun and uh, again check out man boobs comedy you can google that jounce.org for rock and roll music the yep. undone sweaters for rock and roll music and web series and comedy stuff the Adventures of Danny and Mike, of which you were a, a, a guest on our podcast. That's right. It's a great podcast. He does it with Mike, uh, who was older Pete. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is very exciting. So, yeah, we call it The Adventures of Danny and Mike because uh, we're not that creative. I think it's a brilliant title. <laughs> it's a brilliant title. Um, Danny Tamborelli. And, of course, find you on Twitter. D Tamborelli on Twitter, on Vine, Instagram, Danny Tamborelli. See, I went back to it. Boom. You got to go to Danny is good for you. It You're just a works. good Danny. I know. I know. I wanted to go by Benny for a little bit, but then it turns out Benny, I'm, I'm a Ben. Benny I'm just Kessel. a big Ben. Yeah, Benny in the Kissel. Hmm, I like the sense of that. Uh, you can find Mike Coscarelli on Twitter at Mike Coscarelli. Also, make sure to check out his podcast, Social Villains. I will be on Social Villains coming yeah, up here in the near soon, future. Right? Next, uh, next couple weeks. Which will be very fun. I want to thank everybody for the nice comments on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Ben Kissel. I want to thank everyone for the nice comments uh, for Red Eye. And I did, I did Red Eye uh, yesterday or whatever, whenever you're listening to this. And uh, in Kennedy this week, very exciting stuff. And uh, everyone's been extremely nice. So thank you. Uh, for that, and uh, don't be nice to him, guys. Don't be, be nice. I'm a very nice. sensitive guy. I really can't deal with. I do. I do a lot of muting. I do mute <laughs> on Twitter there, but that's just my style. Um, you can check that's out my so other- passive aggressive. It's passive. Uh, you know, muting. I'm Come a very on, passive man. aggressive guy. <laughs> At the end of the day, we just want to make people laugh, right? Is that, that's Very what we true. do. Right? Uh-huh. Um, all right. Uh, check out my other podcast on Cave Comedy Radio. Abe Lincoln's top hat for everything you need to know about politics. Truly everything you need to know. It's the greatest political comedy podcast around. Um, Roundtable of Gentlemen, which is a very fun show. Danny, you've been on it. Mike, mm-hmm. you've been on that as yeah, well. fun show. Uh, that's a fun show. Bizarre news stories of the week. And for everything macabre, paranormal, and serial killer related, check out the last podcast on the left. Uh, all right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.